0: Good afternoon, and welcome to the fourth live State of the City Address. I'm Mayor Doug Hutchinson. I'm delighted to be standing here today with City Manager Darren Atterbury as we review the accomplishments and the challenges of the City of Fort Collins. Before we begin, I'd like to recognize my fellow City Council members, Mayor Potem Kelly Olson and Council Members Ben Manville, Lisa Papa, Ray Troxell, and David Roy. Please join me in expressing appreciation for their service. Councilman Diggs Brown could not join us today because he's currently on active duty with the U.S. Army National Guard in Germany.
1: Thank you, Mayor. Welcome, everyone. What a great turnout it is tonight. We're just um, really proud to be able to tell you our story here at the City of Fort Collins. So, thank you for being here as you know we're fortunate to live in one of the nation's finest cities in 2008 money magazine ranked Fort Collins as the second best place to live in the nation business week named Fort Collins as the best place to raise kids in Colorado and Forbes.com ranked Fort Collins number two on their best places for business and careers we have a great story to tell and I'm proud of what we've accomplished yet we know these are difficult In uncertain times now more than ever we need to stay focused
0: clearly our greatest challenge for the coming year will be the economy our nation is in a recession cities across the country are eliminating services cutting budgets and some are even declaring bankruptcy Fort Collins is not isolated from economic hardship we've seen national retail chains and small businesses close their doors others are struggling to make ends meet Friends and neighbors are losing their jobs. Even institutions like Colorado State University are feeling the pain. Yet amidst these concerns, Fort Collins is faring better than most. Our December retail tax revenue was slightly higher than a year ago and was 9% better than the December national average. Further compared to national statistics, our unemployment rate is lower and our housing prices are more stable. This is due in part because we have been deliberate in efforts to build a more resilient and more diverse economy.
1: It's true that the work that we've done in the past has better prepared us to face our current economic challenges. Four years ago we threw out the old budget process and developed a new cutting-edge system that focuses on the services that matter most to citizens. We eliminated, we eliminated 106 city jobs and cut 15 million dollars from our bottom line we continue to be disciplined in our spending and in our budget in 2008 we reduced operating costs and revenue was slightly higher than our conservative projections after funding critical items we were still able to forward more than four million dollars to help cover the economic uncertainties of the next budget cycle as the year progresses we will continue to meticulously regulate our spending, track incoming revenue, and make prudent adjustments as needed.
0: A lean, responsive budget is part of the equation. We've also created tools for economic health and for job creation. Over the past few years, we've established and followed a formally defined economic philosophy and vision. That is, we will create a diverse, and resilient economy that reflects the values of our unique community in a changing world. The city's most productive role in economic health is building an environment where businesses can succeed in a way that fits Fort Collins. Among the innovative tools put in place last year, Council approved a metropolitan district policy which helps to enable commercial and mixed-use development. We took initial steps to form an urban renewal area at Prospect and College which will encourage investment at this key intersection. For potential major development projects we established a new process where the council as a group can meet with developers before projects enter the formal approval process. The first time we use this pre-application hearing process Council and the developer of the North College Marketplace had a very useful dialogue about that project's purpose and vision. This will be the first major redevelopment resulting from Council's creation of the North College Urban Renewal Authority Area. The project, located at College Avenue and Willow Lane, will bring new retail, dining and services and will be a catalyst for further improvements along North College.
1: This past year, we celebrated the opening of Front Range Village, which provides more than 900,000 square feet of shopping, dining, and entertainment. The positive impact of this project is enormous. It provides more retail options, and it significantly contributes to tax revenue, which pays for services you need and expect from your city government. Air Properties, the owner of Front Range Village, is an example of a true community partner for five years we work closely with David Silverstein Jeffrey Bayer and their colleagues to assure this project fits fit the needs and values of the Fort Collins community front-range village is LEED certified LEED stands for leadership in energy and environmental design The newest branch library which will celebrate its grand opening on March 28th is also housed at the front-range village the Bayer team absolutely delivered on what they promised Fort Collins.
0: We are diversifying our economy by developing strategic cluster initiatives. By leveraging government and private industry resources, we are producing impressive results in the areas of chip design, GIS mapping, bioscience, uniquely Fort Collins, and perhaps most notably clean energy. The city was a primary partner in creating the Northern Colorado Clean Energy Cluster which now encompasses 62 businesses and some 400 individuals. Companies in the cluster like Solex Biofuels, Spire, and Envirofit International are turning CSU research and advances into tangible products for the global marketplace. Major employers such as Advanced Energy and Woodward Governor are developing products, technology, and talents that puts Fort Collins at the forefront of the new energy economy. Clean energy is a key element of our economic
1: future, and we're not just talking about it, we're doing it. Now we have the potential to be a world leader in climate change here in Fort Collins. Last year, Fort Collins received more than $12 million, I'm sorry, $13 million in federal, state, and local funding to launch a zero energy district known as Fort Zed. The early implementation of Fort Zed has been so successful we're expanding that effort and when this project becomes a reality it will be the largest the world's largest district to be completely powered by renewable energy within its own boundaries. So top that mayor. That's pretty hard to top. (laughs) We're cultivating innovative and forward-thinking
0: entrepreneurs. With the city's support the technology incubator known as RMI squared has raised 51 million dollars in equity and helped create 138 high-paying and sustainable jobs. RMI squared successes include Sprig Toys, a nationally recognized eco-friendly toy manufacturer, Envirogen, a developer of vaccines that protect against emerging infectious diseases, and advanced regenerative therapies, a provider of bone marrow, stem cell services, for animal medicine. RMI Squared will start construction of a new, larger facility this year to enable them to create yet more local jobs and to further diversify our economy.
1: Fort Collins is working with our regional partners to get things done. And as you know, state and federal transportation funding is very difficult to obtain. However, we need to fix the failing interchange at I-25 and 392, which serve as critical gateways to South Fort Collins and also to the town of Windsor recognizing innovation innovative partnerships between the two communities the Colorado transportation commission allocated 1.9 million dollars just last wednesday for the design and the design of the interchange improvements we're pursuing public private partnerships and every available funding option to obtain the remaining 25 million dollars for construction We're aggressively advocating that this project also become part of President Obama's economic stimulus package. Along with Larimer County and the town of Wellington, we created the Box Elder Basin Regional Stormwater Authority to protect lives and property. Only the third stormwater authority in the state of Colorado, this is is an example of regional cooperation at its finest. The partnership has both environmental and economic benefits. And I promise that we will display the utmost sensitivity in balancing both the built and the natural environments. Regional collaboration and true
0: partnerships are very important and sometimes they take hard work. After months of work and nearly 13 hours of formal negotiation, we reached an agreement between Fort Collins and the town of Timnath over the Riverwalk proposal and several long-standing planning and growth management issues. Some had been issues since the construction of I-25. I have been working personally with Timnith Mayor Donna Benson since 2005. Finding resolution to the issues that have divided us was critically important to both our communities and to the entire region. Both sides worked hard and in good faith and I'm confident that we have crafted an agreement that is in the best interests of all concerned. We avoided a long and expensive court battle and we set the stage for further productive regional cooperation.
1: Cooperation will be essential to establishing Fort Collins as a national destination for arts, culture, science, and learning. Last year, the City Council Council adopted Fort Collins' first-ever cultural plan to help guide that effort. The partnership between the Fort Collins Museum and the Discovery Science Center is paving the way. Funded by voter-approved tax dollars and private investors, design of the state-of-the-art science and cultural museum is already in progress. the capital campaign to fund construction will launch this spring, and the grand opening is planned for 2011.
0: We're also looking forward to the public opening of Soapstone Prairie Natural Area in June. Soapstone is funded by citizen-initiated ballot measures, including Open Space Yes and grants from organizations such as Great Outdoors Colorado or GOCO. Few citizens may really grasp the significance of Soapstone. It is home to the Lindenmeyer site, one of the most significant archaeological sites in North America. That site provides a unique picture of life, the life of early man, some 10,000 years ago. Soapstone also boasts more than 18,000 acres of prime wildlife and plant habitat and will offer exceptional recreational opportunities. A cultural community honors tradition and welcomes diversity as was the case with the 2008 holiday display. During the highly publicized events of 2007 council created a policy that enabled city staff to gather feedback, engage a citizen panel, and build a 2008 holiday display that reflects our community values.
1: In nearly every national award and recognition recognition we receive, Fort Collins parks are mentioned as a contributing factor. It's a point of pride in this community. And according to our most recent survey, 93% of residents rate our parks as good or very good. However, we do face a growing challenge. Keeping up with maintenance of our parks in the long term will require an additional $2 million annually. We can't talk about our exceptional parks without also talking about our trails and our bike system. Last year we added new bike lanes, installed bike detectors at intersections, and opened an innovative bike library. This highly successful project has captured national attention. Our efforts were recently recognized by the League of American Bicyclists who designated Fort Collins as a gold level bike friendly community. And as a cyclist who often commutes to work, and as a dad whose family enjoys a great bike ride, personally, I'm delighted to be part of a community that values cycling. As a city manager, though, I recognize our bike system is part of what makes us unique and contributes to our overall high quality of life. We're just one of nine communities in the nation to reach the gold level, and next step is platinum. A good transportation system marries bikes,
0: trails, transit, and cars, and even better, it helps the economy. We refocused the Mason Corridor as an economic health corridor enabled by transit. It now embodies this council's commitment to infill development, environmental stewardship, and will will be a major element of our long-term economic well-being. The Federal Transportation Authority assess the Mason Corridor as one of the top transit-oriented development projects in the entire nation and we won Senate approval of initial Fast Starts funding in the President's budget. After decades of planning you will see the Mason Corridor and its economic benefits become a, ra- a reality when construction begins later this year. While residents are choosing alternative transportation, last year transport ridership exceeded two million passengers an all-time high. Yet it would be irresponsible to ignore the needs of traveling by car. In addition to sweeping, plowing, and repairing Fort Collins' 1,779 lane miles of streets, we also began a comprehensive traffic signal retiming project to improve traffic flow, reduce air pollution, and hopefully to help the mayor get to meetings
1: on time. Right, Darren? And that's important. It is. According to our recent survey, uh, the majority of residents want the city to increase efforts in transportation. We have significant needs. In the near term, we'll need an additional $5 million annually to maintain streets, fill potholes, and make basic repairs. Looking further ahead, road improvement projects to ease congestion and improve safety will require an additional $141 million to keep all 274 bridges in Fort Collins safe we will need an additional 3.7 million dollars annually we don't need to fund these projects tomorrow but the longer that we delay the more costly they become city council recently devoted a work session to this very topic they are intimately aware of our needs the funding gaps and the difficult challenges facing this community there are no easy solutions it will take hard work It'll take partnership, focus, and resources to address the transportation challenges that we're currently facing and as we see in the future. I assure you, this is and will continue to be a priority for the City Council and the City staff. We remain focused on essential services such as police and fire
0: protection. The 2008 crime rankings listed Fort Collins as one of the safest cities in Colorado. Our police department is one of the best in the state, but it's under increasing stress and we're nearing a tipping point. Currently our officers and dispatchers are working overtime on every shift just to fill minimum coverage. Per capita Fort Collins staffing levels are below that of Denver, Colorado Springs, Boulder, and 18 out of 20 benchmark communities. The 2007 police services study shows that in the long term We will need an additional 40 positions to provide the service that you need and expect. We need to keep pace with our community as it changes so that we can remain
1: safe. The last several months have underscored the skill, commitment, and integrity of our police department. We have quickly solved two homicides, taken a serial rapist off our streets, investigated a triple shooting, and dismantled a meth lab. Just two weeks ago, our SWAT team rescued two young children who were being held at gunpoint by their father. The last few months have been difficult, and our police department has responded. The Peggy Hetrick Homicide, which occurred nearly 22 years ago and the corresponding investigation, has generated a lot of attention and criticism. Some of you have made, may, Some of you may even have begun to question the credibility of police services we have an excellent police department. There are 170 sworn officers and 83 civilians who are personally dedicated to the safety of our residents. And as we work to restore your confidence, we will continue our steadfast commitment to your safety and the betterment of this community.
0: I also want to recognize put fire Authority for their integrity, service, and efficiency. PFA is a national model of excellence in providing fire protection and emergency services. Like police, our current ratio of firefighters per thousand residents is lower than regional and national averages. We want to continue to be efficient and to be safe, but we're nearing capacity. The PFA strategic plan identifies $3.1 million of critical needs, including additional firefighters and services for the south part of town. This investment could be the difference between a five minute response time and a seven minute response time in situations where every second
1: counts. Protecting our community is important and so is protecting our environment. We are working to become one of the greenest cities in the nation. We have a rich history of environmental leadership in this community. We were one of the first cities in the nation to set a greenhouse gas reduction goal to pass a dedicated sales tax to Natural Areas Acquisition and to commit to building city facilities to meet lead gold standards, we were the first to implement ClimateWise, a program that helps businesses increase energy efficiency, reduce their emissions, and save money. We were among the first in Colorado, uh, the first in Colorado to offer utility customers the opportunity to purchase wind energy. And to ban electronic waste from curbside trash this may sound simple but leadership is not simple it takes vision it takes hard work of many of my colleagues many community leaders some of whom are with some of whom are in this room this evening we're continually building
0: on this strong history and leadership last year council adopted the Fort Collins Climate Action Plan including the goal of reducing emissions 20% below 2005 levels by 2020. To meet this aggressive goal, Council will consider a variety of strategies, including the expansion of ClimateWise, banning cardboard and yard waste from the trash, and expanding programs to help residents increase home energy efficiency. Many of these initiatives focus on efficiencies, and they result in cost savings as well as reduced environmental impacts and some come with a significant price tag. So Council will take an objective look at each effort and evaluate both the costs and the benefits of implementation. Progress towards these objectives will be transparent to the people of Fort Collins and staff will formally report annually on their progress.
1: Perhaps our greatest environmental achievements will be the result of creating the utilities of the 21st century using best management practices we're working to minimize our dependence on coal we're reducing environmental impacts while benefiting customers the economy and the planet we laid out strategies to move in this direction in the 2008 energy policy which directly aligns with the Council's climate action plan The energy policy outlines how we reduce how we reduce demand green our energy supply and increase renewable sources this council and staff are driving change in this area truly it's in our DNA core
0: values of our city include protecting our environment and our community to evaluate the impact of the proposed northern integrated supply project or NISP on Fort Collins council authorized a detailed independent study the resulting 200 page report found that NISP as proposed would have significant negative impacts on the Poudre River and on our water quality, impacts that could cost the city hundreds of millions of dollars. We need to more precisely define these potential impacts and possible mitigation measures. We will continue to push for a follow-on analysis that includes other options.
1: Now, as an organization, I believe we are leading by example. From the relatively modest efforts like lighting upgrades, energy use campaigns, and increased recycling. To major projects like design and construction of the Northside Oslon Community Center, we're reducing our carbon footprint and saving taxpayers money. Oslon Center was the first full service community center in the entire nation to reach LEED gold designation. We've made great strides and we can do better. To aggressively increase both our results and reporting on environmental measures, This year, I'll appoint an executive level sustainability coordinator. My colleagues and I will continue to pursue efficiency and accountability in this and all areas of our operation.
0: I've been mayor for nearly four years and I can tell you firsthand, we have an incredible city workforce and staff. And as one of the community's largest employers, it's vital that the city pursue best practices Through new programs like performance-based pay, we're increasing accountability and rewarding innovation and efficiency. We've invested almost three years to develop and begin implementing our advanced pay system that is fair to the taxpayer and fair to the employee. This spring we'll release a comprehensive report to the community that compares our operations with like cities. Darren and his staff continue to identify ways to further minimize costs without sacrificing our high level of service.
1: You should expect excellence from your local government. I know council expects that and I expect that. And I'm convinced day in and day out City of Fort Collins employees deliver on that expectation. I wish we had more time to tell you about emergency dispatchers who fielded over 137,000 calls last year we hosted more than 225,000 people at the lincoln center and the people for counts used fcgov.com more than 1,350,000 times this past year so often we focus on big picture community efforts and those are very important but so are the everyday jobs that keep the city running police officers utility line workers city planners bus drivers parking attendants street and traffic crews these people and all my colleagues at the City of Fort Collins are committed to creating a vibrant world class community. Being world class is more than just what we do, it's how we do it, it's an attitude. It's about taking pride in our job and in our community. I'm honored to work with this dedicated group of individuals, and I'd ask that you would uh, please take a minute and joining me in thanking for them for them for their hard work and for the care. They take, in serving you each and every day, 24-7, 365 days a year. Can we say thank you to them, please?
0: The national economic situation will likely get worse before it gets better. And as you've heard here today, our city is facing significant long-term funding challenges that jeopardize our future ability to provide the services that you need and expect. These challenges will not go away, and determining how to meet them must be a community effort. Let me assure you that this Council understands that many Fort Collins residents and businesses are facing unprecedented economic challenges. We face great uncertainty. And for those reasons, we will not be asking the voters of Fort Collins to consider a sales tax increase this year. Let me repeat that. We will not be asking the voters of Fort Collins to consider a sales tax increase this year. We must remain focused on the tools that we have put in place to foster economic health and to create jobs. Just one example. The city, the Northern Colorado Economic Development Corporation, and the Chamber of Commerce have among other efforts partnered in a business retention and expansion effort. In the past 18 months we have helped 16 businesses with some 3,071 employees not only remain in Fort Collins but to launch plans to add an additional 875 primary jobs. I'm optimistic and I'm optimistic for good reasons. This excellent organization the proud history of our city, our dedicated community leadership, our engaged and creative citizenry, our ability to work together for the greater good of Fort Collins. All of these things combine to create one of the nation's finest cities. Thank you all for joining us this evening. your turn. We'd like to spend some uh, time answering your questions. Please raise your hands and we'll bring you a microphone so that everyone including the TV audience uh, can hear your question.
1: David Nay, with the Fort Collins Chamber. Gentlemen, you did
0: a great job this evening. Thank you for the report. I want to thank the council and you for the focus you've given to the economy. I particularly wanted to single you out, Mayor, and say thank you to you every time Uh, There's been one of those companies that you mentioned that needed
2: help, needed attention, needed focus. You've been there, you've been very responsive, and I just want to take
0: this opportunity to say thank you. Thank you.
2: Hi, Ava Diamond, local consultant. You alluded to the agreement that you all reached with the city of Timnath, or the town of Timnath. Can you expand on that a little bit and say what that agreement is?
0: I mentioned in my remarks that I'd been uh, having breakfast with Donna Benson, Mayor of Timnath, since 2005, and some of the problems that we resolved had been around that long, and some of those extended back to the creation of of I-25. We had a a whole series of of issues. A uh, catalyst or a trigger point was the Riverwalk issue, which uh, where Timnath was going to annex on the west side of I-25 at the Harmony I-25 interchange, which uh, Port Collins has considered for 28 years, it's been in our GMA, considered that uh, to be one of our primary gateways. We have invested in that being one of our primary gateways with the park and ride, uh, with the the improvements to the uh, interchange itself. So when this happened, a whole series of events led to us, we discovered for the first time since the law was written in the early 90s, to exercise a state law that was set up to allow mediation of uh, land use. disputes like this I made very sure we were all very interested in making sure that it wasn't just about Riverwalk we've had a lot of of issues that have been around for a long time let us as we sit down in that environment bring all those together and they're all part of the give-and-take that's part of regional cooperation so we did some eight eight problems that we solved. the primary ones were the Box Elder um, floodplain Box Elder Creek floodplain that really has been a tough issue in one of the scenarios that our experts looked at If that was not mitigated, uh, one of the scenarios about how that might be mitigated would cost the city of Fort Collins four to seven million dollars. So that agreement, that part of the agreement, that one of eight things was a partnership where the city of Fort Collins has agreed to pay up to two million dollars directly for those floodplain improvements, the city, the town of Timnath will be putting in two to and probably more than two million dollars the whole thing could cost uh, uh, not just four million but maybe six million dollars so that's a partnership it's been getting some uh, treatment in the press that this was a payoff or something like that it's not a payoff it's a partnership it avoids a risk that could cost us three times that much money for Fort Collins it solves a long-standing problem we've never gotten at before the second biggest issue uh, or the second issue perhaps the biggest one for me was uh, the River Rock uh, property that needs to be uh, in the city of Fort Collins it it will be it is uh, and there is no revenue sharing involved that is our gateway has been we prepared for it and uh, that was resolved uh, very clearly there were several other things including uh, resolving the issue of expansion of Fort Collins uh, east of I-25 and expansion of Trimneth west of I-25 we've drawn that line and we will follow it. There are other land use issues um, and several other um, issues that were resolved including the fact that one of the community separator open space ideas that went from I-25 east of I-25 for Fort Collins as a community separator for Timnath which made a lot of sense when Timnath was going to be a small Timnath was really in the center of Timnath intended uh, intended GMA and where they're going to expand. We resolved that issue in an equitable way it was it was give and take it was win-win it met the conditions that I think lead to successful collaborations and partnerships even under difficult situations and that is every partner believes that their interests are protected I believe Fort Collins interests are protected Tim that believes their interests are protected and it's to every partner's advantage to belong and it's to our advantage to belong and thanks for letting me go over that.
1: If, if I can respond very briefly um, I think going into the discussion we all uh, committed to learning about what each other's needs were, we broke bread, which is really important. And I just lost my microphone. Um, I'll use the handheld for microphone for right now. To, for um, so we committed to learning. Uh, all parties, um, we broke bread together, which is a big deal. We had good food. That matters in every in, in negotiations, and um, and I think we. Uh, we, we were committed to solving problems. I, I also want to say that uh, our negotiation team was the mayor, um, was Mayor Pro Tem Kelly Olson, was our city attorney Steve Roy and myself, and their counter, our counterparts were um, were on that team for ten minutes. Uh, uh, what's not getting much recognition either is the role that the city council played. The city council empowered us to go forward negotiate. They were kept in the loop, and they have been strongly supportive. Of solving problems so it it's it was a great combination it was hard I think the mayor and I have talked about we we all learned a lot through the negotiations there were items and that we negotiated that that occurred before I was born and I you know we we, we, um, we couldn't have been aware of that and so we learned we, we <laughs> the mayor was aware of those <laughs> things <but> <laughs> <laughs> sorry about that um, but, uh, but anyway, so um, we learned a lot and, and, and these folks over here were, were committed to problem solving and that, that helped a lot to empower us at the table. That is important. The
0: words that, that uh, I put in, in my remarks here about that set the stage for further productive regional cooperation, those were the words that Donna Benson and I had the night after the second negotiation and we had reached that initial thing. So that was a very good thing from just about any uh, standpoint.
2: Hi, my name is Ellen Lawson. I'm a relatively new resident here, and I'm really impressed with what a world class city Fort Collins is. But I do have a question about trash districting, and I wondered where it is on your radar in the future.
1: My microphone doesn't. Work. Oh, that's right. <laughs> Great idea. Yeah, that's. Uh oh, you had to ask the question. Um, uh, I, I think that. Um, I think that the direction that we received from the council in the previous work session and by the way um, and um, thanks for acknowledging that you're a newer resident this issue has been going on for I think several decades at least 15 years maybe even as long as 25 years and someone checked me on the number but it's a very complex issue it's a very emotional issue people feel very very strongly um, not wanting districting leave our trash services alone. And people feel very, very strongly we need to do something about the truck volumes, the noise, pavement uh, impact, things like that. So I would say that um, it's a very difficult issue. Uh, the direction that I got from the council was to move forward with some some uh, additional measures uh, so that we can better track um, data from the haulers. Right now, we don't have a lot of good information. Uh, in knowing how many how much how much um, how much trash is being moved um, the number of trucks the weight those sorts of things so the council has been uh, very direct about wanting to increase some of those requirements we're working on that I believe that the, some of those requirements will be coming forward very shortly the council also at a work session no decisions were made but asked us to come forward with a what I'll call a piloted uh, trash district look at somewhere in the community where we can pilot uh, trash districting to really get some solid data and measure uh, are we accomplishing our desired outcomes uh, and is this successful so the council again has made no decisions on this but the direction is come back with some of those additional requirements in the very short term we'll be doing that very soon and then uh, go back and study uh, and not study for years and years and years but go back and bring a proposal to the council, where the public will have full airing and debate, and then a, 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 a informed, conscious decision will be made on the part of the council. I don't believe that. Well, let me say that it will be very, very difficult for us to get that uh, pilot project um, to council for formal consideration sometime in the next couple of months. That's going to be a lot of work and turnquists in my offices. Is working with Susie Gordon and others in the organization there's a lot of work to do to get the pilot um, study in front of the council but as soon as we can get that to the council we'll do that and then I would just encourage um, what I've learned about the City Council is that they do value citizen feedback they're genuinely interested in that so if you have uh, a perspective either here or here or in the middle I'd, I'd ask, ask that you engage in the discussion and please do share your feedback so with that I'll turn it over. Well,
0: I'm, I'm pleased that the, the council we're data driven council I think we're uh, looking for those kinds of things I'm very pleased that there has been uh, not a, a leap to full-fledged trash districting there has been recognition that the study that was done included a lot of elements uh, that make good sense to uh, implement in Fort Collins that don't have anything to do with crash districting, and some of those things are trade-offs, and I think that's that's uh, where the council uh, is going to be making some uh, some serious considerations uh, about that issue. Is what are those trade-offs? What are the goals? And uh, I look forward to uh, further dialogue on that.
2: Jessica McMillan, uh, would either one of you be able to comment on the situation with the foothills mall and your negotiations with GGP, the future for that property, and? Any potential um, development, redevelopment of that property?
0: I'll start since Darren's all tied up. Um it's for a long time, you've heard from the council that that was our number one economic health priority in Port Collins That's a very uh, significant issue. For some years, I think even with the last council, Darren Atterbury, and I'll turn it over to him so he can give you some details or comments, um, we uh, served as an emissary from the city visited, flew to Chicago, visited with John Muxbaum, um, who was the CEO of General Growth. But his mall is owned by General Growth Corporation. They're the second biggest mall owner uh, in the world. And uh, they had us on their radar screen. They were not making moves because the business conditions and the penciling outs and all of those kinds of things that go to rational business decision making hadn't really come together. We were doing everything that we could to express our interest, including personal visits by Darren. They had some of their senior uh, board of directors come to Fort Collins and I met with them. And then the city council uh, did a very very thoughtful thing, I thought timed pretty well before the economy started shifting around. And uh, we passed an urban renewal authority area to uh, help with uh, tax increment financing help with some of the major infrastructure improvements that should go with improvement of the mall I read in the media that uh, the council has trashed all hopes of Foothills Mall because we withdrew the the uh, URA Um, that wasn't true Uh, we actually coordinated with uh, John Buxbaum and we said you know the clock is running on these things we don't if there's not going to be any action we don't want to have the clock running unnecessarily think about the DDA extension that we had to fight for you don't want that so the council didn't trash their hopes after John Buxbaum assured us that we're on the edge of heading towards thinking about going bankrupt uh, we absolutely will not make, take any actions and furthermore uh, we, we won't be influenced by you turning that off we assured them we're pretty agile we can turn it back on again if you need it so I think we've done everything that we can unfortunately um, you follow the Wall Street Journal a little bit there were a whole series of uh, articles about general growth and their and their difficulties it is a business decision yes we are considering uh, other options there was a student group at CSU that had some ideas we have uh, looked at uh, perhaps the city buying the property uh, even so we are thinking about all the -the out-of-the-box kinds of options after we made I think a tremendous with great council support a tremendous effort to do everything that we could to stimulate that uh, to happen it did not happen for reasons that were totally out of our control.
1: Um, we've worked hard on the issue, thank you, Mary and I but you know let me just quick couple bullets. We've worked hard on the issue. We rolled out the red carpet for general growth properties. Um, as the mayor mentioned, we made numerous trips back and forth to Chicago um, away from my family. Um, we uh, we uh, you know if Doug and I, Or any, if if three of us own this mall, if we were private property owners, I'm pretty sure that that a few years ago we would have invested 100 to 150 million dollars to keep this mall active and vibrant. Um, But GGP did not. They're a private company. We don't get to pull the trigger for private companies. We rolled out the red carpet. I will say again that. two levels of support that I got from the council in working through these things number one was just go after it and go get it do everything you can uh, and second of all their actions their actions were consistent with this was the number one retail priority for the city when my wife and I go to the grocery store together um, one of the top one or two questions that I get from randomly you know citizens who will walk up will say don't you guys see what's happening with them mall?" Oh, really that and and um, I can't uh, I've tried over the last few years to express how much this city including this mayor and the city council have tried to solve that problem uh, for me in the last four and a half years of being in this job my greatest disappointment is not having this mall redeveloped so what now um, as the mayor said it could be GGP general growth properties it could be a completely different uh, private ownership mix it could be a new and innovative financial partnership between multiple parties and um, uh, I will say though that I do not expect anything uh, any significant capital investment to go online in 2009 and 2010 um, The capital markets are very very difficult right now the kind of money that this mall needs is well over hundred million dollars and as as the mayor mentioned GGP is having a very very difficult time but please please leave tonight with the absolute sense that this city has not just sort of either whoops we didn't realize that wasn't going on or we ignored it or that there was some sort of strange thing going on with the council that there wasn't support unanimous across the board so um, thanks for the thanks for the question Jessica it's a great one Mel Hilgenberg, and I
0: want to echo David and thanks to you and the council and the staff. And also want to thank the woman who asked the question on the Foothills Mall. My question is, in addition to hoping that perhaps there will be some economic stimulus from either the federal government or the states, economic development, uh, no
1: sales tax increase, anything underway to uh, give some tax incentives or some other thing to lure more
0: job producing businesses to the city the city is uh, is using the urban renewal authority uh, tools um, effectively judiciously carefully without um, some of the abuses that uh, some other uh, committees have had that's one of the one of the primary things that we're doing I mentioned the um, the King supers uh, effort on North College that had uh, gone through a, a prehearing or a pre-application hearing uh, process. Uh, that is using tax increment financing to enable um, retail development. We are uh, using the URA on, on South College. Uh, we had withdrawn it from uh, – stopped the clock on it for uh, Foothills Mall. So we're, using, we're using that kind of tool. One of the other uh, efforts that we're doing is, uh, is good management, um, a well-designed project with the Mason Quarter. That is some 68 million dollars of federal money that's approved in the first 14 millions in the president's budget, and I think those kind of things probably will survive even the change in in administrations. That brings I think just the construction alone. We uh, d- determined because there is state money and the city put up some money too. We put our money where our mouth was with some matching funds. I think I heard the figure 105 million dollars to Fort Collins uh, for that project, which is as much in the bag as it can ever be uh, in the in the federal government the other uh, one of the other exciting things that really is paying off and that has not really been at the forefront of most of the public's minds in my opinion is the clean energy cluster which I which I mentioned 62 businesses 400 individuals that started almost three years ago the city was a partner we were a founder in that we're one of the strongest sponsors if you think about the challenges that we're facing in terms of of the economy and jobs what sector do you think is going to have some support from federal dollars as well as just from the population I think it's those kinds of things clean energy we're capitalizing on Colorado State University they have 28 professors that are involved in that kind of things we're capitalizing on world-class companies like Woodward Governor that uh, do world class work in uh, distributed power production and so on. You heard about Fort Zed. That's brought $13 million to Fort Collins so far for a cutting edge, largest. He said, Can I top that, Mayor? We wanted to emphasize what, what Darren uh, spoke about, Fort Zed, and we're expanding it to the entire GMA. That's going to be the largest zero energy district in the world. And Fort Collins is doing it. So, those kinds of things. Are uh, the the solid uh, progress towards uh, those kind of the, for towards economic health? We are asking, by the way, and we have set a list of everything from some of the airport improvements that are shovel ready uh, for the Fort Collins Loveland Airport uh, to um, there's several there's several things on our on our list the i the uh, i-25 392 interchange, um, which by the way is a, a model uh, for. Uh, partnership regional partnership to get some of our problems solved. Uh, Darren pointed out we got 1.9 million dollars from CDOT to uh, to plan to do the planning phase of this based on our 18 months of partnership it was looked at as a, as a model um, a project that's the way to get things done that's the way to bring uh, solutions to, to some of our problems and so on so there's no single answer uh, I think that the the answer is to do those kind of things that we have put in place that are producing and keep the focus on, on some of those things and also uh, do everything that we can to think out of the box from everything from shovel ready funds to to uh, Mason quarters the clean energy cluster Go ahead.
1: no the only thing I would add is that um, that we're doing everything we we can also to curb our expenses during this difficult time so we're talking about revenue uh, in in everywhere we can but that this organization is really really tightening down by the way after about four years of continually tightening uh, we're doing that and um, you know and and really uh, when I look at it and I think about my role in the organization the only thing I can do is to encourage our executives and encourage our department heads and crew chief leaders and others to continually talk about this in our organization to continually to drive our costs down so if we're really really good at revenues and through economic health kinds of things and we're really really good at tightening our expenses um, and by the way uh, the councils of the past have really set us up very well for great reserves and I don't mean extraordinary over-the-top reserves I mean prudent reserves um, that's why I've been saying publicly that I believe we are in solid shape um, But we are paying very, very close attention to what's going on with our expenses and our revenues. But thanks for the question.
0: My name is Tim Dolan. Um, Sensitive, another sensitive topic. I know our state representatives have a bill coming up regarding cell phone legislation. Where does that, uh, I understand that's for the entire state, but where does that uh, uh, sit on the radar for the city? Well, obviously everybody knows some of the problems we've had with cell phones and texting
1: and things like that. But is there anything being considered to uh, um, legislate within the city limits. Darren passed
0: a, a, a policy, uh, implemented an, a, a, an administrative policy that didn't require of those kind of things. We have a um, legislative review committee uh, from the council that watches all of those things uh, very closely. Um, I think that the, um, the the state effort is going to be something that we'll keep uh, an eye on. I think there is support for the kind of things in the council that. Um, uh, that Darren has uh, has implemented. Um, I think I haven't heard any discussion about council considering passing an ordinance no. for Fort Collins uh, at this point.
1: Yeah, I haven't heard that either. Um, there is state law that's being considered right now. Uh, our legislative review committee which is Doug Hutchinson, Mayor Pro Tem Olson and Council member Ben Manville um, are aware of that, they're watching that. Uh, I have heard. Uh, nothing from them or other council members to say let's bring forward a local city of Fort Collins ordinance that would consider that I think our chief of police and others have some um, concerns about how best to enforce that at a local level I think um, uh, at least I'll speak for the staff that we believe that that kind of issue ought to be more of a statewide um, mandate rather than or direction rather than a city of Fort Collins but that's our elected officials prerogative if they choose to do that and the mayor referred to an administrative policy that I adopted effective Martin Luther King Day that banned all city employees from using cell phone for text messaging or for voice while they're driving a city vehicle so that's that's a little more detail.
0: What I call Darren and he's out driving around I start leaving a voicemail and then I get Call waiting. Darren's uh, responding to my call, and he says, "Okay, I finally pulled over." So he's been he's been 100 with that with that policy, and he did that voluntarily, by the way. As part, I think part of that was a little bit of a kind of a test to see uh, how that affected your life. It will affect uh, some productivity because you no longer can get some of your calls out of the way while you're doing. But uh, I think that it's a reasonable policy. We're getting experience with it. It'll help us with our perceptions on what the state's going to propose.
1: I think four cons is leading by example. Frankly. Um, The other thing that, since my family's here, I'll say it, at one point, um, I have a a 15-and-a-half-year-old, almost 16-year-old driver, and at one point in our vehicle, we're driving as a family, and my wife quietly said to me up in the front seats, um, you know, you're not much of a role model for your son when you're talking on your cell phone uh, the way you do. And, um, you know, that had an impact. (laughs) Um, Big, uh, pretty, pretty significantly from there yeah you know I do actually I have a 13 year old and a 10 year old
2: we have time for three more questions and one two three thank you Mari Dobie Northern Colorado Economic Development I would like to take the time as David did to thank you for all the hard work that you do and the services you give to this this city but um, as a regional person um, I also want to thank you for continually working with us on uh, major opportunities that come our way and um, that takes an attitude and thank you for your attitude of of cooperation and collaboration that we've seen over and over and it's gotten better over the years and thank you to the council thank you for being nice to me when I come to visit and and uh, we I do appreciate that because it is about all of us in this together it's not just um, one city but it's a region and it's a state and uh, I I would just like to uh, say that we have a lot of smart people here and and the question was asked what are we doing about uh, the economic stimulus and how are we possibly making um, this city uh, grow from that opportunity and there's a lot, I saw Dr. Ron Sega here, He's, uh, he and a team put together quite a package for the economic stimulus and, uh, and that's just one. So um, it's going to take all of us and, and I want to thank you, it's not a question.
0: Uh, and, and we thank you, I really am a strong believer in partnerships, especially when times are tough. Um, and the the cooperation that, that we've had and the results, that's why I put that in about the chamber and NCEDC with the city uh, Doing some things that people are saying oh, we need to do something about this Well, we are and we've been doing that long enough that we're getting better and better at it So thank you for your willingness to cooperate and, and partner with this. We all win
2: Joy Nienhuis with the United Way of Larimer County uh, The economy, the economy, the economy. We can give numerous examples locally of the challenges that individuals and businesses are facing uh, the agencies that give direct services in our community have definitely seen a significant increase in the demand for their services and we've seen for quite a while that the statistics show that more and more individuals are living in poverty especially children and we're just interested what is it, what role do you see the city of Fort Collins uh, taking to address this current and growing need
0: the um, one of the one of the reasons you don't see the city for Collins doing a lot about that is because we're doing something very smart about social services i think in the county and that is the county does that the city provides resources and funds to do that that means we have one one set of management we have one set of staff uh... we have we do a lot of support of that to make sure that that's effective i think that's a good thing we shouldn't start uh... creating since we have no uh, social services staff in the city of Fort Collins by design it's more efficient to have it together in the county that we shouldn't uh, start thinking about uh, doing those kinds of, of things there is the pathways uh, for, uh, away from poverty effort that um, uh, is that we're again we're a partner and a supporter in um, not not the primary uh, leader because of that uh, delineation of roles you ask about about roles the um, um, let's see I had another thought that did you have any comments about that
1: we're we're doing a lot and oh, we're going we're trying to um, really clearly define whose roles are what and um, you know when the economy gets really tough um, and actually revenues do this expected levels of service do this and that's a really hard disconnect for us to keep up with as our incomes doing this meaning even as a, as a city business Because our income's doing this or this, the demand for services. Unfortunately, sometimes those demand for services come in the form of increased police services. Because you know what happens with trends when the economy gets difficult. But what we're trying to do is be very pure about not um, trying to be everything to everyone, because we can't do that. And so how do we leverage our resources with the county and the United Way? and uh, and the Housing Authority and others and so it's it's um, uh, you know as an organization I'd say it's really strained us i um, out in the utilities Brian Genonis is over here um, how do we do a better job at showing um, um, empathy with people who can't pay utility bills you know how do we do that it's it, it, if, if someone doesn't pay their bills um, ultimately that has to be shut off but in last night's weather when it's negative six degrees outside and shutting off their so so you know our organization is trying to figure out how to respond to that and I'll say the council as well I'm constantly getting stuff from council members um, really on a weekly basis as to how do we help how do we do that and um, and that's tough for cities.
0: The other thing that, that I wanted to mention was from the University Connections effort uh, came a, a very strong perspective as this group. Led by people like Dave Edwards and the Community Foundation DDA were partners. City was a partner in that effort. Another good partner effort to envision what should the heart of the city, from CSU across Old Town to the river, look like in the future. One of the things that came out of that was um, increased um, awareness and some insight into uh, the homeless problem. And in these times, that's going to be uh, an increasing problem uh, without doubt. Um, I talked with. Um, with Dave Edwards and I had this uh, great idea about the mayor appointing a blue ribbon panel on homelessness to really look for the first time I don't think we've done this before really look at what the scope is of the problem of homelessness in Fort Collins we've never really identified the problem the hardest part of solving problems usually is identifying those Um, the city attorney informed me that as mayor uh, in a council mayor form of government I don't have the power to convene a blue ribbon panel so uh, the the uh, university connections people, Chris Neeland, head uh, of the effort, uh, started a one-month effort to do just that. Though so they stepped up to the plate, Gordon Thibodeau was involved. A lot of a lot of leaders in, in Fort Collins, and they very quietly uh, over a year-long effort um, with an anonymous donor who kicked in some money um, uh, to to help get uh, expert consultants. They did for the first time really define what the homeless problem is in Fort Collins, and they also looked at other cities for best practices including Denver that's doing some unique things we found out that Philip Mangano who was George Bush's lead point person on homelessness and, and have some very innovative ideas had worked with Denver to get their uh, situation started out and I had an opportunity to, to talk with uh, John Heckenlooper uh, at, at some length about that and he was and it, because we invited his guy to help us when that study was done we now defined the problem now we gotta do something and in July this last July, Mangano and other people and I gave a um, recognition in Old Town Center that this had been done, and now a community call to action. We need to solve the problem. To do that, we need to have uh, a plan. So we're at that stage. Define the problem well, now we need to have a plan. Uh, and one of the things that the council did last November when uh, we we uh, were able to put some money forward for coming years, almost $4 million, about half of which was from uh, Darren's efforts for more efficiencies. We did fund $100,000 for the city to play a role in eradicating homelessness in Fort Collins over the next 10 years. It was looking like that was getting stalled after the great effort to define the problem. So the city is doing what I think cities do best. We're acting as a catalyst. To help that problem get on with that problem so that $100,000 is going to underwrite one time money just $100,000 underwrite the creation of a 10 year plan to eradicate homelessness so fort collins can stimulate some of those things and and solve problems that's a that's a uh, social problem it's a human problem uh, it is an economic problem for the for the city of fort collins it's the right thing to do i think that's a that's a great investment so while uh, The most social services are actually in the county, there are things the city can do and I think we've been very careful to uh, play those roles when it's appropriate. Thanks for asking that question because most people are not aware of the the homeless thing. We're heading in a great direction.
2: This will be our final question but I'd like to remind you that you'll have the opportunity to talk with both City Manager Darren Atterbury and Mayor Hutchinson as well as all of Council at the reception after this.
1: I'd like to thank you all for all your hard work. Uh, My name's Dana McBride. I'm a 30-year resident of Fort Collins. Uh, One of this year's disappointments was um, AVA Solar, a company that was incubated here at CSU, uh, moved, or didn't move, but located their manufacturing facility in a different city. Um, Is there something we could have done as a city uh, to uh, actually have them locate
0: here? i ask glad you asked that question, because that that is something uh, where it's a great example of how the council, and the city staff could do something by municipal standards at the speed of light to accommodate them. And the council uh, looked at the land spot with CSU to prepare an area, one of the, of the top possibilities for them to locate at uh, Prospect and I-25, and we did that. Really, really fast, and got it all ready, and got prepared. And again, I thanks the thanks to the council for the support to do things so quickly, and to Darren for the staff. So we laid it out. But Solar Industries and Dr. Sampath's uh, new process of creating much lower cost solar cells is a very time sensitive thing, and they they said we have to be producing in I forget what the time was but X months and that did not allow the time to build a building. We looked at uh, very hard for existing buildings that would meet their needs in Fort Collins there simply were none. So we had done everything that we could possibly that was again a business decision. They found a a building that would suit their purposes already standing in Longmont can't blame them they'll miss the train if they don't get uh, going very quickly. So I was very proud of Fort Collins. Uh, in terms of how quickly we could move uh, when something an opportunity like that presented itself now part of their headquarters 130 people or something like that is going to remain in Fort Collins they are part of the clean energy cluster that is a a synergistic effort and uh, just the fact that they're not in Fort Collins doesn't mean that we will see some benefit in Fort Collins from those kinds of activities going on and probably synergy with some of the other things that we will do thank you for asking that question because nobody knows how hard we tried to make that happen, and what great, uh, quick, agile support the council provided for those efforts.
1: Couple more quick points. One is it was very, very disappointing. <clears throat> um, very disappointing. That's a project we spent a lot of time on. The, 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 you know, we, we forged new ground though. We have an incredible partnership with Colorado State at the southwest corner of Prospect and I-25. What the mayor didn't mention was, um, and we were so nimble. Uh, the council um, transferred, we, we swapped property with Colorado State University, I think it was with CSERF, um, yes. the Research Foundation. The council rezoned property, not, not, not um, just because of uh, AVA, but because that was the ultimate vision with CSU and the city in terms of a gateway, perhaps a clean energy gateway into Fort Collins, the primary gateway into Colorado State. So the, the um, disappointing, uh, we're going to do everything we can to keep AVA headquarters here. They have some decisions that will be um, very, very important for us to stay very engaged in. But the fact that we were able, the council was able to do that property exchange, do a rezone, and the issue, the reason why AVA, I'm told by their CEO, did not come to Fort Collins and move their manufacturing plant to, to um, uh, uh, Longmont was because of the time it took to build a building, to design and build a building, and they needed to get to the marketplace quickly. Um, I think to this day, if you were to talk to their CEO, they would not say Ford Collins had a closed door, Ford Collins was not willing to partner, all those things. So that was what was so disappointing too, it's a spin-off company out of Colorado State. It's exactly what we've been talking about in our economic vision. But um, we'll work hard with ABA, and I think that site is a great site as a gateway into Fort Collins Community and Colorado State. So um, we did a lot of good work uh, even in light of their choosing to to pick another site. Catlin win them all. Okay. Okay, is that it? Thank you. <laughs> Thank
0: you all